Welcome to Create Your Own Light, where we harness our past, we embrace our future, and learn to conquer the roadblocks along the way together. I'm your host, Travis Howes. Let's get on with it. This episode is brought to you by YourWelder.com. YourWelder.com is an online directory of mobile welders. Whether at your home or at your industrial processing plant, we come to you. Our community of mobile welders can repair anything from the neighbor's mailbox that you just backed into or the cat bulldozer sitting on your job site. YourWelder.com is a directory of highly skilled professionals willing to help you on your job site on your timetable. YourWelder.com screens all of their welders using tools like photos from social media apps such as Instagram, Parler, and Facebook, even face-to-face meetups. YourWelder.com was built by actual industry welding experts who actually perform this type of work on a daily basis. And here's the best part. They're veteran-owned and operated. So go check them out at YourWelder.com. And also feel free to check them out on social media where I'll include their links in the show notes. And here we go, guys. Back here we are at uh, episode five. We have arrived here and um, hope you've enjoyed it up until this point. Um, gotten a lot of great feedback and it sounds like we've, um, got some new listeners, which is really cool. Um, I'm at a unique place this week and, uh, this makes me laugh cause I'm actually recording from my hotel room in Birmingham, Alabama. If you remember back to episode one, when I talked about being in the green room, so I'm here performing at the start on five, uh, five comedy shows this week at the, it's the country's largest comedy club and it is an amazing experience to be here. I just, I've been here many times and every time it just gets better and better. I love it here. And, um, it just makes me laugh to think about in episode one, I talked about being in the green room with a very well-known comedian. I was opening for him many years ago and I saw him sitting here and talking to his little microphone backstage in his podcast. And I just, that's, I couldn't help but think how desperate that motherfucker was to get his voice out there. And here I am all these years later, episode five, I was sitting in the green room last night laughing. And I was like, do I want to record my episode here in the green room or do I want to do it from my hotel? So I decided, I decided to do it from the hotel. Um, there's really no reasoning behind that. I just, I think I have more privacy here, uh, cause people can walk in on you at the club and everything. If you hear doors slamming down the hall, remember this is very important. I'm going to, I try not to bitch on here about anything, but I'm about to I'm about to have a little bitch session because I told everybody in episode one, look, I don't I'm not pretending to be Howard Stern. I'm not pretending to be the best podcaster in the world with all the best equipment. Dude, I got a microphone, some headphones, and a laptop. I'm not looking for advice. I'm not fishing for uh anything. So having said that. If you hear background noise and it's disturbing to you and you don't want to listen to it, hey man, guess what? You can just turn it off. I say that for a reason. My whole thing in life is just be who you are. Be authentic, right? I don't believe in backhanded compliments and I don't believe in uh, passive-aggressive bullshit. You got something to say to somebody, say it. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it, right? And this is what I'm getting at. I... um. I had a, I had a gentleman approach me on Instagram and he says, Hey man, listen to your podcast. Loved it. And I guarantee he's listening to this now. So this message is to you. And I told you how I felt about your unsolicited advice, motherfuckers. So, um, I'm not being a dick, but this is just who I am. Um, 
he's like, I loved your podcast, blah, 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 blah. But I, I can offer you some, some tips on, on your audio. It sounded like you had some echo in the room, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, motherfucker, don't be passive aggressive with me. And first of all, I, I said, I appreciate the unsolicited advice. Right. And that was trying me trying to politely just shut that down. Well, the hint wasn't taken and he went into this whole thing on how to improve the audio, blah, 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 blah. So I didn't even respond to that. And by not responding, I think he understood that that was kind of douchey. So the message to me was, man, I'm, I'm sorry, this was douchey. And that way, and I was like, yeah, that was very douchey of you, dude. I wasn't, wasn't looking for any feedback. That would be like you having your collector car or something. And, um, you putting, putting it on display, like, Hey, this is a project I'm working on. And I come and I'm like, man, that's really nice. But, um, that back bumper is ugly as fuck. And I would recommend changing. Nobody gives a shit about your fucking recommendations. Right. So I'm not asking for advice. I don't want it. I ask for show advice, right? I ask for show topics. That's the advice I want. And that's it. So if you hear a, a maid knocking on the door, like in that movie, Tommy boy, you want me to jerk you off? <laughs> so um, just disregard it. Cause I'm not editing it out. And I also told him that I said, well, clearly you didn't listen to the episode. You said you liked it, but you didn't listen because I s- clearly state in episode one that I don't do any editing of any kind. I hit record and then I hit stop and then I hit publish. Hope you enjoy it. <laughs> That's who I am. I'm just raw and authentic, man. Um, but anyway, I do appreciate you listening just from here on out. Just if you want to listen, listen and enjoy it. Um, but don't, don't offer my studio any feedback, man. Um, or any, any hot tips. Cause I'm not trying to take this anywhere other than just connecting with my friends on, on Instagram, man. I'm not trying to be the next Joe Rogan. Um, having said that, I want to talk about a couple of suggestions that you guys have recommended, uh, over the past few episodes. I, um, I want to talk about girl power, right? Cause, cause I have daughters and it's very important to me for my daughters to grow up independent. And I am, um, I'm extremely passionate about this. I may not use all the right words, the vernacular vocabulary, whatever, but hopefully you'll understand what I mean by what I'm going to get into. And I don't, again, I don't have any show notes. I'm not sitting here looking at any, um, any research I've done. This is just me free flowing. Um, I really wanted to talk about this topic because a young lady, uh, in the military submitted this to me, uh, via Instagram and she's an officer in the military. And first off my hats off to you. Um, thank you for your service. Thank you for what you do. You know who you are especially, I don't need to mention you. Um, I don't know you personally. Um, but I, I, when you, when you sent that recommendation, it hit me hard. I did jot that down at my office back home because it's important for, for my little girls to see strong, independent women. I want my little girls. I, I tell a joke on stage. Actually. Um, I think men are being watered down in today's society at, at an astronomical rate and they're doing it right in front of our faces. They're not even trying to hide it anymore. So cavemen like me in, in 10 or 15 years, we're not going to exist. And I, I, I tell a joke from the stage. Sorry, it's my chair. Um, popping in my hotel sound guy, fucking dick. Um, I tell this joke from stage and I was like, I'm raising my daughters to become strong, successful, independent women, because by the time they're grown up, there's not going to be any fucking real men left in this world. I watch the way that people raise little boys and it infuriates me. They coddle them. They come over crying because they bump their head in basketball, whatever it may be. And their mommy's just scooping them up and kissing them. And I'm like, 
man, you are not doing these children any fucking favors by treating them like, especially these little boys. You got to toughen these little little dudes up, man, because we're going to, we need men to replace the men that are going to be gone one day. And what we're producing today is not going to even hold a candle next to the men that are going to have gone before them. So therefore I teach my daughters everything I can, man. I get them out of the house. We get into uncomfortable weather. I teach them how to be uncomfortable. I teach them at a young age, how to build things. Um, and like I say, I'm not, I'm not dad of the year or anything like that. Cause I sure certainly have my shortcomings and, um, they've witnessed a, at a very young age, they've witnessed a lot of, um, not so great things about me, but I'm, I'm a man, I'm a human. And I think the thing about being a man is owning, owning our shit, you know? And so when I, when I fuck up in front of them, I let them know and I talk to them and I'll let them know, you know, well, daddy wasn't right about that or whatever, but I love to see successful women. And I love to see them not depending on a man. It is, it is just a wonderful thing that they can go out and do their thing and, and be strong. And I really love my daughter seeing that. I just hate to say it, but in this day and age, I think it's important if you have little girls to teach them how to one, be little girls, but two, teach them how to be little boys if they need to be a little boy. Um, cause they're definitely going to need, need to know how to fend for themselves in this world, whatever this is turning into. The days of leave it to beaver where mama stays home and bakes pie and daddy goes out and earns the bread. And those days are over, baby. Um, we've had a lot of wonderful, strong, independent women pave the way for these little girls that are coming up behind them. And now, you know, they're breadwinners and they can go out and, you know, crush it. And that's, that's awesome. I'm that dad at soccer games and basketball games. Cause my daughters, they play with little boys on their league right now. And I, I actually encourage my daughters to bulldoze those little boys. And I love, watching little boys cry at the hand of a little girl. It just, there's something about it. When I see a little boy run over to his mama and scoop her up and she's like, what's wrong? And she points, he points. He's like, that girl pushed me down. I'm like, fuck yeah, she did. But I don't want to get off on a tangent on weak ass children. I'm just saying, you know, I'm, I'm very appreciative of you ladies out there that are setting a good example for these girls that are coming up behind you. Hats off to you. So I've been doing something that has really gotten me excited. And this is what I'm talking about, you know, cause this whole podcast is about creating your own light and doing things that make you happy, you know, and, you know, suggestions here and there, but have you done something like I asked this, this last week or two, do something to make yourself happy. I mean, it can be anything. Let me tell you what I've done. <laughs> I, um, I went out to my farm the other day before I came to Birmingham, I spent two days at my farm and it was windy and it was raining and it was cold. And I was, I woke up one morning, it was 28 degrees and I started working on that damn chicken coop. Now, if you follow me on Instagram, you would have seen the stories where I was getting my tractor and just having a good time. But I'm having a blast. And that's what I'm getting at. When you are miserable in miserable conditions, but you're doing something you absolutely love, all that misery goes away. It started, it warmed up a little bit, didn't really get out of the 30s. And it started pouring rain on me. And I was eating it up like a kid in a candy store. I just loved being out there because it's something I genuinely wanted to do. And when you're doing stuff that you want to do, all the, all the misery seems to subside and it just goes away. And you're just in that moment with the joy of that thing that excites you. Now think about had I not done that little thing that I wanted to do. I wanted to build my chicken coop, but what if I would have stayed home in back in Charleston, you guys know this is no secret where I'm miserable. I would have had a miserable two days, but I didn't. I got outside of my comfort zone and I went and did something I wanted to do. I didn't wait for the weather to become fucking nice, right? 
I did what I wanted to do regardless. I didn't make excuses. Oh, it's too cold. It's raining. No, I got out there and I did what I wanted to do and I couldn't have been any happier. That's what I'm getting at. Don't make excuses for doing the things you want to do. Fuck the weather. People have lived in inclement weather their entire lives. Go out in the shitty weather. Go out when it's uncomfortable and do something. You might actually rediscover yourself in ways that you've never imagined. Being uncomfortable helps you grow as a human being. That's one thing I've learned in this life. Anybody can do anything from comfort level. Anything. But go outside on a shitty day and go create your own light. Go create happiness in some inclement weather. I promise you, you'll be proud of yourself. Get off that damn couch and go do it. I um, want to take another suggestion, and it's one that I just got in a few minutes ago when I sent out a request, and it was about the police hiring process and academy life. And so this is a young gentleman who's looking at possibly becoming a law enforcement officer. Um, I actually talk about this a little bit in my book, Create Your Own Light. Um, so it's kind of funny to me. The police hiring process is a lot different now, I'm sure, than when, when I went through it. And it was... It was kind of arduous when I went through it. I was used to doing the firefighter stuff where you just walked in and got the job because you had a heartbeat. And they're like, yep, you're alive. Let's take your pulse. We'll hire you. Um, Not like that so much with the police. You got to do all the psychological stuff. You have to do lie detector tests. And you got to do physical tests and all that. The lie detector tests are actually a lot of fun. It's actually kind of funny because they get you to commit to um, a series of questions, prepared questions that they have. But what they do is when they get you in there, they get you off of those questions and they'll find ways to start talking about other shit. And you think you're going in for those questions. Then you end up talking about some other stuff and you get nervous and you learn a lot about yourself. Um, <laughs> I can I have stories for days about that, but once you get hired, um, the police academy was a lot of fun. I almost, I almost got kicked out and I got pulled into, um, the, whatever the, I want to say the warden. It wasn't a prison. The, the main guy, I can't remember it. It's the guy that ran the Academy. It's not an instructor, but he was the head guy. He pulled me into his office and told me that there were some complaints because I was a jokester. I mean, I was a straight up prankster jokester and I knew my career in law enforcement probably wasn't going to last that long just because of how I was. But you know, you go to police academy, you're you're in there with a bunch of people, a bunch of hard chargers. They want to do the right thing. They want to be cops. Um, you're learning the law. There's a bunch of sticklers in there. So everybody's kind of tight, man, and uptight. So don't go in there and be an asshole like I did and, you know, start putting, um, what you call it, um, cellophane over, over their toilets and stuff. So when they pee in them, it splashes back up on them or even worse, if they sit down, something else happens. Um, don't just, just don't do that, man. Just go there, get out of the academy and go be the best goddamn police officers you can possibly be. Um, I'm going to do a follow-up with that suggestion. I had another suggestion about transitioning out of law enforcement and out of emergency services and out of the military. So I actually get these questions a lot. Um, uh, folks want to say, man, how, how did, how did, how did all of that work out for you? And I'm going to tell you right now, we in the emergency services and the militaries, we are, um, we're drawn to that lifestyle for, for whatever reasons it may be. And once we get the taste of it and we live that lifestyle, it's all fine and good until you leave. And leaving that stuff, it's very hard sometimes because you've been trained and acclimated a certain way your entire career uh, for this for this machine that you're a part of. And then when you're when you're away from it, 
life is a little bit strange and the military, we have a saying like civilian life sucks. And it really, it really does compared to the military because of all the adventure we had. We had, man, time of my life was when I was 18 to 22 years old. And I was in Marine Corps infantry. We were traveling the world. We were getting, we were getting paid. We didn't really have a lot of bills. We had a free housing. We had free meals and you were with the best friends that you'll ever make in your life. And when you leave that, that's gone. And now you're just bombarded with responsibility. And it was a whole different world. So I got hurled right into the firefighting world. Long story short, my big downfall came after I got out of the, uh, one of my big downfalls was after I got out of the emergency services for good, because I didn't know what to do. Um, I went into comedy because I was already doing comedy at the time. And this is all in my book, the whole story. Um, but I just kind of, I went full force into comedy because I didn't know how to do anything else. And I was already kind of doing comedy, but man, I missed that life. I hear a lot of people get fed up when they're emergency services and military. They're like, man, I can't wait to fucking retire. And I'm just like, pump the brakes. It'll be over before you know it. I remember when I was 21, I was overseas and I was on a ship and I wrote a letter to my father, no email back then. So it took him about a week and a half, two weeks to get back to me. And I was just talking about how excited I was to get out. My father is a veteran himself. And he wrote back to me. I'll never forget his words. He said, Travis, enjoy your time that you're in there. Because before you know it, he said, I'm, I've already been out over 30 years. And before you know it, that's going to be you. And I'll tell you right now, I've already been out over 20. And it was like that. It was a light switch. And what I'd give to be able to go back for one more day. Um, I guess my advice would be transitioning out. Again, don't go do what you have to do. Do what you want to do and don't make excuses for it. Because if you just go do what you have to do to make ends meet and you live your life to pay bills and you live your life to satisfy other people, you're never going to find that true happiness. When you get out of the merch services or military, go do what you want to do, what, where your heart is. And the money will, will eventually come. I heard that years ago and they're like, if you do what makes you happy, one, you never work a day in your life, but two, the money will eventually come if you're looking for, for money. I would suggest that you don't put yourself in a financial position where you get out and you have to do anything. I would put yourself in a financial position before you get out to where you can do the things you want to do. Um, that's my big thing in life. Do everything in this life that you want to do. Nothing that you have to do. Hope that kind of answers your question. Um, I have another suggestion and this one is about the perks to becoming law enforcement or fire. This young man, he said he's stuck between picking the two. Um, brother, what I can tell you is they're both wonderful, wonderful careers. I can't speak intelligently on well, shit. I can't speak intelligently at all, but I can't speak intelligently on today's, um, fire and police. Cause I've been removed from it for 10 years, but I'll tell you right now, I had a blast with both of them. The only downside that I had to the police world were the politics. I talk about this extensively in my book as well. I could not adjust to politics and there's a right way to do things. And then there's a political way to do things in the police world. And you got to pick which fucking side you want to be on. And if you pick the right way to do things and the not non-political side, I promise you, you will find yourself out of a job. Uh, that happened to me. Um, and it's in my book. So, my experience with the firefighting world, it wasn't as political. And what I'm hearing from guys and girls in the streets now is that it definitely is more political, 
But either way, they're still both great careers, man. They're both very noble careers. You will get to experience things and see the real world. And that, my friend, you cannot put value on that. Most people do not get to experience the real world. I say 99% of human civilization do not know what really goes on in this fucking world. You moving forward in law enforcement or fire, you are going to get an eye-opening glimpse to what the world is really like. None of this, none of this um, living in a bubble anymore. You're going to get exposed. You're going to get exposed very quickly. And it is, um, it's very eye-opening. And it can be a great thing if you take care of yourself. And it can be a horrible thing if you don't take care of yourself like myself and so many other people um, that have gone before you have done. So keep that in mind uh, when you're when you're picking the two. You're damn sure not going to pick the two for money because they're probably going to be very similar in comparison. You got you to gotta figure out do you want to go to work every day and have to justify your job and be scared if you're even going to have a job at the end of the day and or possibly get, be sent to prison. That's real. That's not a joke. These cops, man, every day they go to job, they're one decision away from going to prison. It is, it's very scary. Or you can do the alternative and go be a fireman where your biggest threat is possibly getting slapped with a dick while you're sleeping in the bunk room. I mean, that's your biggest threat. So you take that for what it's worth and uh, do what you will with that. I love these topic requests. I really do. And I wish I could talk more extensively on each one, but I try to keep my episodes, you know, between 30 and 40 minutes. So I, I only hit on each one for a few moments and then we move on. So at any time that you want to, you know, possibly have me elaborate on something, just DM me, shoot me a message and I'll try to get to it in another episode. Um, I just, I'm, I'm really trying to fit, you know, everybody's in and I get it. I get a ton of these requests. So the next request is, is keeping an open mind to allow new ideas and journeys into your life to continually evolve. Now, I think that's a very, very great question because I have to constantly remind myself to be open-minded on things because we get so set in our ways, hence going back to creating our own light, the message of my entire podcast and my book, that we don't allow ourselves to openly, um, to be open to new, to excuse me, to be open to change. And that's what holds us back. We stay in this constant um, realm of life that we're in and we hope things will change, but we just refuse to do the necessary things to make it change. And it can be as simple as just walking outside and getting a breath of fresh air, but your day is normally already pre-programmed into your mind to where you don't have time to go and do that, which goes back to another episode, make the fucking time to take care of yourself. My father is notorious for not being open-minded. This dude has eaten the same thing, drank the same things for so many years, so many years, his whole life. And he just refuses to do anything differently. I can tell man, I just know this man inside and out. And only recently has he finally, I told him, I said, dad, start drinking black coffee. I ain't drinking that bullshit. I ain't fucking black coffee. And I'm like, dad, that sugar's bad for you that you put in there. Your diet sucks, all this stuff. So he finally started, <laughs> he's finally started working on it. And man, he's so happy now. He doesn't eat fried foods anymore. He only drinks black coffee. He has no sugar in his diet. And he's like, boo, I got more damn energy than I've ever had in my life. And I'm like, yep. Now imagine the experiences and the life that you've missed out on, on 30 to 40 years of being closed minded. 
Imagine the experiences that we could actually have if we just opened up our minds just a little bit. And I don't even know if it goes back to being open or closed-minded. I think it goes back to comfort and security. We're afraid to do things that are different out of fear of security and comfort. We're afraid to get out of those comfort zones. I love seeing the light bulb go off when people actually realize, hey, man, I tried something new and fuck, I didn't know what I was missing. And that is the cool thing about life. There's so much for us to experience out there. I got a really good friend. He's like, man, I've done everything. There's nothing else for me. Man, you are fucking crazy and you're making excuses. There's so much to experience out there. We just got to get out there and do it. The last topic I'm going to take today is a uh, topic that just came in while I was recording this. And gentleman asked, or he said that he'd like to hear me hit on the importance of involving the ones you love into positive things that you love, right? And I think that's important because at the end of this life, all that we are going to have are memories. You know, when, when you're laying on that deathbed looking back, what's going to make you smile? The amount of money in your bank? The big-ass house that you have, the however many fancy cars and trophies you got? Nah, probably not. It's going to be those moments with loved ones. And I would think that even the bad moments would probably pop up, and you'll start to have some regrets. And you'll probably regret not spending your time more appropriately with people. you You would regret not being more selfish with your time, with your loved ones, right? And what I mean by that is I've talked about this on episodes is that I'm an extremely selfish person with the things that I want to do. And sometimes other people have to pay the price for that. And I'm trying to be aware of that and cognizant of that so that I can be more selfless with my time and be more generous with my time. And I'd like to, at the end of this life, be able to have a bunch of wonderful memories, right? And I think that's all that really matters. You know, we get caught up in this day-to-day bullshit. He said, she said, I'm worried about this person. And none of it matters, man. And we, we stress over all these little things that we're at the end of the day. It doesn't fucking matter. Unplug from all of this trivial bullshit. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't get political, but all the things that are going on in the world right now, and especially in our own country, something is happening. And the only thing that we have control over is the time that we have left with our people that we love. So I would highly encourage everybody to just focus on that. You know, focus on doing the things that you love with your family. And that way, when the real hardships come down the line or at the end of this road um, that we travel, we're left smiling and we're glad that we did everything we could with the time that we were given with the ones that we love. And what better way to, to leave life than with a bunch of precious memories. I mean, I, that makes me smile when I think about that. I'm a, you know, when I'm out here on the road, I feel so horrible. I, and I, you know, I call my wife and I'll talk about it. And I'm like, look, this beats me up because I can't be home with my family doing the things that I really love. You know, daddy's got to come out here. I, I have to do this. And, you know, look, I make excuses too. Do I have to? No, I don't really have to do this. I do enjoy doing it, but it goes back to that balance, right? I talked about, I have to take care of my mental health and this is how I do it. But if I'm out here for too long, that mentally fucks me up. And that happened to me years ago. I learned a long time ago, like, look, I can't be out on the road more than a week anymore because it. It puts me in a very, very desperate, hopeless place. So I need that balance of coming out here 
getting the laughs that I do, um, getting that little bit of freedom and then going home and being with my family again. I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm practicing what I preach too. And this is what I'm, what I'm talking about. Remember when I said on past episodes that when I commit to doing something, I'm 110 miles an hour and I don't slow down for shit. I do it until it's done and it's done, done the right way. Well, my chicken coop is kicking my ass. Let me tell you why. Cause I want to build that fucker and I want to have chickens in it. Here's the hard part. I got to slow down because I want my daughters to be involved in the process of building it with me. Right. They're in school every day and my wife is in school every day with them. So I have to wait until they all have time to come out to the farm. But I think that's invaluable because I could build that chicken coop the day I get home and I could finish it by myself. And honestly, having two little girls and the wife there helping me, it's probably going to take me three weeks to finish that fucking thing. But I've already told my wife, I said, look, I'm going to take however long it needs to take because I want that memory. And I want to, every time I walk out and see that damn chicken coop, I don't want to see the chickens. I want to see the memories and the smiles and the laughs and the under my breath, goddamn motherfucker, hurry up. Right. I want to, I want to be able to see all of that. So that's me practicing what I preach where normally I promise you, if, if you know me, I wouldn't do that, but this is about having a healthier mindset, right? And it's about doing the thing. That's why I love this question It's doing the things we love with the people that we love. This isn't building a chicken coop just isn't about me now. It's about involving the people that I love and it's going to make it more, um, more special in the long run. So we got to slow down and enjoy that little bit of however long that we have left and enjoy it with the people that we love. I think that's very important that we all do that. And I know we see the finish line a lot of times, like, I just want to get this project done. I want to get it done. But think about that little girl that's sitting there and my two little girls, for instance, think about goes back to earlier in this episode. I'm trying to produce independent women that can do anything. Now, if I go build that without them, what's that teaching them? Let the man handle everything. Just, Oh, daddy will do it. Daddy will get it done. Or if I include them, is that going to teach them how to measure, how to cut, how to tote a little bit of lumber, where to nail, when to nail, how to paint the thing, how to level it. You know what I mean? Like those are all little things. You can't teach them to build a house overnight, but I can teach them very, very important, basic little skills at six and five years old or four and six at that age to where the next project, all of those little things that they learned will carry over and then they'll continue to carry over. That's how I learned in baby steps my entire life. And I don't want to leave them out. Wait till the fucking tire goes flat around that house somewhere on, on my little, one of my little buggies or something. They're going to be there to do it. Now I ain't going to go out there and just change a damn tire. Cause I'm too old and lazy. And my back hurts. I'm not going to go change a good tire just for the sake of changing a damn tire. But when one happens, when it happens, they're going to be involved in it. I think that's very important that so one day when they have a, a, a fucking husband that the society has developed for them, that their husband can sit safely in the car while my, my little girls go out and change tire for him. <laughs> Just kidding. My daughters would never in a million years date a man like that, nor will they date a man that ha- doesn't have a beard. You got to have a, that's, the, that's one of the main qualifiers. Sorry. Sorry, dudes. If you don't have a beard, if you don't have a beard, I hope you're in a profession that doesn't allow you to have it because honestly, it's hard to respect a man without a beard. Ask anybody. It's very, very difficult. Um, I'm just talking shit, but not really. Um, grow, grow a fucking beard already. 
that's about it for this episode. Um, you know, not all these episodes are going to be, you know, highly emotional. They're not going to be super, super motivational. Sometimes it's just, you know, just hitting on some topics that people want to know about and that's okay. I'm just glad that you guys are here and I'm glad that we're, we're, we're engaging with one another and covering these topics. So continue to, um, you know, shoot those topic ideas to me. And like I say, if, if anything that I cover in here, if you have some questions about it, DM me and, and maybe we can get to that in other episodes. I have a lot of stuff to get to in future episodes and I haven't forgotten you guys. So all the messages I got to get back to and put those in, um, you know, I'm, I'm recording three episodes ahead. So by the time you hear this, I'll already be three or four episodes, um, already recorded. So if you don't hear whatever we talked about on uh, Instagram right away, it's not that I'm ignoring you. It's that it's probably going to be three or four episodes from now. I haven't said that. That's a wrap for episode five. I hope you guys uh, had a good time. I, I certainly enjoyed sitting here in my hotel um, chatting with you for a little bit. I got to get back to um, to the start on tonight. We have three more shows left, and I believe I believe they're all sold out. Um, the first one we had was sold out. Last night was almost sold out, and I think these next three are definitely sold out. So going to be a great time, um, and I'll see you next time at episode six. So until then, you know, keep those suggestions coming in. Thanks, guys. 